Well, I'm glad you put me on the rebuttal because as Stephen Smith would say, I am a bottom feeder. And welcome back, everybody, to everyone's favorite three degenerates talking about sports. I'm the ho- your host, The Beast, and I'm joined by my co-host, once again from the West Coast, The Beauty Man and The Sleeping Guy. The Sleeping Guy was doing some schmoozing tonight. Uh, how does it feel to be a big shot? Well, Colin, let me tell you here. I've never shaked more babies and kissed more hands than I did tonight. I'm really trying to put my name out there, get myself on the line, get the dream job I want. And I have to say, I'm fully erect with my performance tonight. Nicholas, that's, that's the, beauty, the beauty man, how do you feel? How's the, how's the golf feel? A, uh, a riveting golf match at the Island's Finest Olympic View Golf Resort today, where I took a hard L to a 62-year-old senior and a 16-year-old <laughs> junior. Turns out, two under par, just doesn't cut it anymore. We'll be back at it next time. What did the 16-year-old shoot? Five deep. Mm. He's, he's also, he's like, a, he's like a young Tiger Woods. He's homeschooled, he golfs all fucking day long, and he's got an equivalent swing speed to Rory McIlroy. So he's just an all-around all stud, but you gotta keep him humble. Got His it. dad's name is Earl. I wish, yeah, I wish that was me. Um, big show coming up today. We're going to talk NFL, talk a little World Series. Uh, Nick will give us a golf report. Uh, we have a new segment that, uh, that might be the name of the podcast, gives everyone a little hint. Jedi and Sith, the other footballer, sleeping guy, everyone's favorite second, uh, section uh, segment, Beauty Man's Rant, Kellen's Big J question of the week, and then we will try and make the people some money with some picks. Um, so we'll get right into the NFL uh, topics here. And I got to ask you guys, um, Nick, it's a big weekend for you because is the GOAT back? Is Tom Brady officially back? Well, um, it would almost be a 100% accurate statement there, but he never fucking left. He never left. He's just showing off. He's got the weapons. You give him time, he gets it done. You can't deny he's he's looking like one of the best of the best again i'm i'm happy for him most well for all the listeners out there who don't know who we're talking about when we talk about the goat we're talking about the one and only six-time super bowl champion tom brady gramps himself and i have to say that to be honest the only reason i don't think he's a machine is that he's starting to grow a little salt and pepper on the outside of his hair out there you can see the nice winter flow coming in for gramps giselle obviously doesn't have enough dye at home for his hair and her hair so He's going au natural, and I have to say, damn, I was impressed by Gramps this week. I haven't seen him throw a 15-yard out that crisp since 2006. I would say that, honestly, at this point, are we sure that the Bucks aren't the best team in the league? I'm sure his son will still kiss him on the lips, even though he's got some gray hair. But, you know. <laughs> those, those, they appear a little more like blonde highlights from all that Florida sunshine. Than oh, what's what we're calling it? Blonde highlights for Gramps. Hey, but, well, but if we're going to call them the best team in the league, how the fuck did that team lose to the Bears? Well, like, they didn't. They just, the Bucks beat the Bucks. Yeah, the, simple. You can't take 130 yards penalties at second and 30 on two separate instances and forget what fucking down it is on the road against a solid defense on a Thursday night. Yeah, right. the Bucks may have beaten the Bucks, but they looked so good these last two weeks against the Packers, 
and now the Raiders. And the Raiders, while they might be a little floozy on defense, tinder floozy style, they are a rock-solid team on offense, and they limited that ground game to about 30 yards rushing, which is about as far as I can run these days without running out of breath. The Bucks are legitimate, and you know what? I forgot they had Indomitung Sue until all of a sudden he's just bench-pressing guys out there left, right, and center. I think that they're, they're the team you don't want to fuck with. Yeah, JPP, freaking Levante, David, White, Sue. I mean, that front five, it's scary, that defensive front. It's downright scary. And they're doing what championship-proven teams do against lesser competition. They straight blow them out the fucking water. So it's still early. It's tough to say. I mean, we did they did lose to the Bucks twice already. And, yes, I did say they lose to the Bucks because the Bucks beat the Bucks twice this season. They're still undefeated in my eyes. But lots of football left. Yeah, well, I mean – it was a it was a pretty dominant performance, but again, I don't know. I don't know what the Raiders are. The Raiders are the Raiders are one of those. They're 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 they'll compete in every game, but do you think they can ever beat the the best of the best? I don't think so at this point. But I think they're the bad good team this yeah. year. You know, they're they're almost there. They'll contend, like you said, but they're just not quite ready to get over the hump and and play real competitive, high-level football. I got to stop right there, Beauty Man. You said the bad, good team, meaning they're the bad team that beats good teams. Wrong. They're the good, bad team. They're the good team that only beats bad teams. Mm. Yeah. So you think it's the other way? I think it's the other way. I think that the Raiders are good. They're see, good. They're see, the, good. Pa- the Panthers are my good, bad team. No, they're your good, bad team. Yeah, yeah, that's they're, true. They're, they're not going to quite get it done because I can't say the Raiders are the bad, good team when they beat the Chiefs, who are great. Well, I think if you're looking at good, bad teams, I think you'd be remiss to not mention the Los Angeles Rams because they are definitely the good team beating all the bad teams and losing to the good teams. Whoa, whoa. we just beat the 5-1 and one Bears on prime time, I'd like to point out. And my bank account back-to-back weeks. Yeah. Shout out to the Rams. But, are the Bears even good? Well, no, that's what, that's what I was saying. Is like, this was a big exposed game for the Bears because I still think – Top seed in the NFC. I didn't think they'd beaten anybody good other than the Bucks, and apparently they didn't even beat the Bucks. The Bucks beat the Bucks. No, the Bucks beat the Bucks, and the Bears got exposed like Kim Kardashian back in 2006 in that fun movie we all watched. Like, they got so exposed. I don't know what happened to Khalil Mack out there. I thought he was coming off the edge, going to turn Jared Goff's dreams into nightmares, but apparently not this week. And, like, Daryl Henderson, Malcolm Brown, and fucking Tits McGee ran all over that defense. If I'm Rokon Smith, I am embarrassed right now. Well, the, the Rams are kind of turf. The turf. The turf's too fast. They can't keep up out there. Too that fast. game was too... in Soldier Field. I feel like they would have been a little more competitive, but they, the Rams were cheating. Bears, Bears money line and under that that was cooked pretty early. Is it an early night's? Yeah, we sleep. went to bed early. Honestly, yeah. like we were so pissed off about all those big gambling losses. It was a good night. It was a good night for me, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if the Rams are – the Rams will make the playoffs, I think. Um, but that brings us into uh, the NFC West. Um, oh! All four teams over 500, five – or three of them with five wins. One of them is San Fran's at four and three. Are we going to see four teams make the playoffs from one division? What do you guys think? Like, I know we've kind of had this talk before, but uh, it's looking like – obviously the Packers, the Bucks. The and then uh, one of those shit NFC East teams are gonna have to make the make the playoffs, but I don't know. Can can all those all four NFC West teams finish higher than the Saints and then 
the Bears? I think so. What do you guys think? Right now, just based off strength of schedule, I really like the Rams and the Cardinals' schedules. I'm assuming that the Seahawks are going to be there to fight for the rest of the division, more so looking at the Rams and the Cards when we're comparing them to the New Orleans Saints. But, yeah, just off strength of schedule alone, I really like their chances, which is shocking because two weeks ago we said we would have thought it was NFC West, but they're pretenders. Now the Cardinals win two primetime games and everyone's going to recency bias. They're one of the best in the league. They're going to the playoffs. Yeah, well, if you're a fake football fan, you've only seen the Cardinals play in the last two weeks on Monday night and Sunday night. And I have to say, besides the out-of-body experience I had in overtime, where I think that between the left side of the couch and the right side of the couch, I might have moved back and forth. But my expression was the same the whole time of, of holy fuck, the Seahawks are really going to blow this game. And they did. And you got to give credit to the Cardinals, though. They hung around and they took advantage of the opportunities that seem to arise between, as the beauty man has said, the Swiss cheese Seahawks defense, which Kyler Murray at 5'10 can sneak through better than most quarterbacks. And honestly, like, is Kyler Murray the best quarterback in the division? No. But is he the second best quarterback in the division? 110%. And I think that he might be even the second best quarterback in the NFC at this point. Whoa. So, things, I know. I know. And that's talking about some goat talk, some slander out there. But the way he moves – those skill position players, an old man Larry, shout out Larry, DeAndre Hopkins, and Chase Edmonds, who I can't tell if he's Kenyon Drake or not because they seem to do the exact same stuff for that offense. I think the Cardinals are a legitimate football team that we must pay attention to now. To me, Edmonds almost looks better. And so, like, maybe this Kenyon Drake injury almost helps them. I mean, they won't have as much depth, I guess, at running back. But Edmonds looks more explosive to me. But, yeah, honestly, I think – I think these those three teams and then the 49ers, I mean, they they're looking better these last few weeks. I mean, what are the paths? I don't know. Um these days it's it's tough to say, but uh, and then the 49ers put a whooping on the Rams. So I mean, they may, maybe they're on the up and up. They're getting some guys back healthy. So yeah, I mean, the NFC West is going to be it's going to be a shit show down the end, but I think all four of those teams are legitimate contenders. Um Nick, we'll give you some uh some pats uh panic uh button are you are you hitting the panic button officially or or is it are you still waiting to see no not not yet uh we got um we got a big division matchup this week in buffalo it's it's present it's on the table within reach we'll see what goes on in um eastern new york this week up in buffalo there but i i can't be feeling too confident i mean we've all seen proofs in the pudding guys that is abysmal what's going on on offense i feel (laughs) i don't know i don't feel bad for bill or josh they're gonna get it figured but with all the opt-outs the lack of quarterback play it's gonna be tough you got tricky division the bills are trending and you got two aisle the chamber in miami so who knows? The AFC East is fully up for grabs because I don't think the Bills are what we thought they were. They look a little weaker on defense than years past. And only Fortunately score- for them, the rest of the division is rookie quarterback coming with his first start. Another team who has three quarterbacks, but really no quarterbacks. We're talking about Cam Newton's corpse? And the Jets. So oh, Nice. Okay. Fun. Win the AFC East. Fun game, and I didn't even put it in the in the script because I didn't want you guys to prepare. Can you name me a New York Jets defensive player? That is active. 
that is playing on their team right now that is active, not C.J. Mosley. That was my go-to. Oh, I got one. I got, I got Quinn one. and Williams. Damn it. You took mine. Well, you fuck. I had to jump in there um, quick. Kelly, can you look up? Does Buster Screen still play oh, for the Jets? Buster Screen is on the Bears because that was the guy I thought of too. Okay. What about – than Quinn and Williams. What about uh, classic Jets def- – oh, Jamal Adams is on the Seahawks. Damn it. Um, about Darrell Revis. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought, boys. Like – it's a it's a wasteland out there. Like I looked up their depth chart, and like we're pretty big football fans, but there's not a lot of names that I really recognize. Liam, it's I'll an give absolute you absolute mockery. Liam, I'll give you one hint. Who did they trade from Seattle to? Oh, oh, Lordy, fucking calls himself a Seahawks. Jesus, fan. Jesus H Christ! Like that's fucking Sav's ex boyfriend. I uh, cannot even remember his Bradley McDougal. Yeah, there Bradley we go. Badly McDougal. Kellen, I was about to say, like, does the Jets' defense still have Bart Scott on it? Yeah, <laughs> Bart Scott. No, yeah. Bart Scott came over and played in New England for half a season. After all that t- trash he talked he ended, after he ended, that he up, game? Yeah, he ended up getting cut because turns out he just he, well, there's <laughs> no room on the roster with the boogeyman last year. Oh, yeah, the boogeyman. Nice. Too, too much strength at linebacker. Another guy Bill stole for division intel just at the end of his career. Well, oh, typical. Remember when he was fucking bringing in like Lawyer Malloy and all these other scrubs just to steal intel? Or he was playing Rache Caldwell and other teams' offense to steal the playbook? <laughs> uh, but anyways, we'll, uh, we'll finish up uh, the NFL talk here with uh, giving our top five again. And I, Liam, I know the fans are uh, extremely interested to see where you have the Titans this week because they've been a hot topic in your power rankings. They – they got bested by the Steelers this week, so I'm interested to see if they've, they're still in your Power 5 or, or if they take, take a big drop. So we'll let you kick it off with your, uh, your top five this week. Well, thank you for introducing the world's most important power rankings. Maybe not the most accurate, but the most important. Well, there's definitely been a shakeup, and I think that it would be idiotic not to put the only undefeated team in the NFL at number one. We have stars are the number one team in my power rankings this week well and i put them there for a few reasons they looked good they're great at running a six yard route on third and eight and somehow somehow turning it up the field for an extra day to get a percent i've never seen a team be so bad at tackling than the tennessee titans secondary on on sunday and honestly kellen i have to tell you i go to work every sunday I get all my TVs lined up and the games I want to watch so I can see from the expo line. And then I turn around these last two Sundays and I swear five minutes have gone by and all of a sudden the Stollers are up 17-0 every Sunday at the end of the first quarter. So they are my number one team. Um, I would say my big concern with the Stollers is that Ben Roethlisberger looks like he's just ready to retire. Like if he didn't have that type of protection and that defense, I think that he would just hang up his uh, hands because he does his best work in the cafeteria and just be an offensive coordinator and dad for the rest of life. So we got Stollers at number one. Uh, number two, we have the Tennessee Titans because oh guess God. what? It was 27 They were roaring back and it wasn't for Steven Gutskowski shaving points on a 46-yard field goal. That game's going to overtime. And I got faith in my boy, Tanny, Derek, and Jadevion to bring that game home. They showed a lot of fight. They got down early. They got punched in the mouth. And like I said, they only play playoff games. And sometimes you lose in the playoffs. So 
They lost the playoff game. Uh, number three, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, my guy Gramps, and Dominic Sue, Kellen's favorite player. And what, what more is there to say? I mean, Gronk was back. Fastest linebacking core in the league. In terms of what? Most, most times when people say fast, they're referring to speed, but I'm not sure how you took that. Oh, got I don't know. Maybe yeah. the fastest of getting lined up before the play. Um, yeah, so we got Tampa Bay at number three. They got Gronkowski. They've got Chris Godwin. And hopefully Mike Evans might make an appearance for my fantasy team at some point this season. I'm holding them in contempt. Um, at number four, a team who absolutely threw away a primetime win and only plays entertaining games, the Seattle Seahawks. I still back Russell Wilson and any and every shootout, even though they lost on Sunday night. And finally, joining the top five again in my power rankings, a man that I seem to forget about last week. Maybe it's because I didn't see enough commercials with him. Maybe it's because I don't follow his girlfriend on Instagram. I don't know. The Kansas City Chiefs. I thought you were they about to say the top five. And you can celebrate that with a big cheeseburger there, Big Red. Andy Reid, my guy, shout out to you. Um, just falling just short of the outside of the top five would be the Ravens, who are going to lose to the Stollers this week. Honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. And then in a dishonorable mention, because I hate him, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> All right. Well, post that blasphemy. I'll clean things up just a little bit here. At number one, we got the Stillers because, well, they're the last undefeated team in the league. And guess what? They're really balanced, so explosive on offense, bestie in the league at this point of the season. Stillers. Number two, shock the world, I got the Chiefs, man. They're still the champs. They lost one game to a tough division opponent. They absolutely fucking rolled in Denver. I had the Broncos plus 12 and a half at plus 140 in the snow, down three points early. I couldn't have lost that bet by more. <laughs> Number three, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, because they are fucking rolling. Let's go. Things look great down in Florida. Number four, this is where things get a little tricky. I don't want to be a carbon copy of the sleeping guy over here, but also the Seahawks defense, as he has mentioned, like I previously mentioned, Swiss fucking cheese defense. Number four, I got the Packers. Number five, I got Seattle Seahawks, led by MVP favorite, Russell Wilson. Beast, what do you got for us? Well, I, uh, a little contrary, I, I'm still going to have the Chiefs at number one in mine. Oh, okay, okay. I had them number one there last week. I know, I know the Steelers had a bigger win, but um, I still see them as the best team in the league. You know, they had a tough, uh, tough division. Division loss, but uh, yeah, I still I still put my money on uh, the Chiefs to win it all if I had to. Um, number two, I'll go I'll go Steelers six zero beat uh, beat every team they've needed to beat. Um, Titans give them be a good test for the Steelers this weekend. Going uh, playing Baltimore, we'll see see what they can do against that defense. Um, at number three, I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I. Were they three all around? Yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I think. Well, no, didn't Liam have them too? I think Liam had them too. No. No, I had the Titans too. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Last <laughs> me. Yeah, it was so dumb. You've already forgotten about it. Okay. <laughs> what? So we all have the Bucks three. I think. I think that's a fitting, fitting thing for them. They look like things going. Um, be interesting to see how AB fits there. Maybe he's a locker room cancer. Maybe he's not. We'll see. Um, Tom will keep him in check. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, he lives at Tom's house in the guest house. That's what they said at New England, though. Um, 
Well, they didn't give him much of a chance, and hence why Tom's now playing in Tampa Bay. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, number four, um, I've got the Ravens. I think I think uh, they're one of the people are doubting them, and I'm not sure why. Their offense maybe isn't clicking quite as much, and their defense did get exposed by the Chiefs, but a lot of good defenses get exposed by Patty Mahomes and uh, and Andy Reid. So I've got the Ravens four. It'll be a good. Good test for them. Uh, I'm breaking analysis. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then uh, at, at five, I've got the Seahawks. Um, I'd, I'd be skeptical of that defense for sure. And that Russ uh, – somehow Russ is getting off that, like, yeah, he's still the MVP favorite, but he also threw three picks in that game. And some of them oh, – and, and they were horrid. They were atrocious. If any other QB does that, that's all that's getting talked about. Like, if Jared Goff throws those three picks, fuck. Um, I know well, Jared Goff has also never scrabbled for more than 10 no. yards in his life, so. I know I know. Russ is still an MVP favorite, and he should be, but he uh, he, he made some good plays, but he also made some that, – that pick to Buda Baker was just atrocious, but luckily – I don't even know if that was the worst one of the game. Russ, Russ does this, though. He's going to have some incredible spots, and then he's going to have some, some – I don't even know what you want to call what last game was because he got three, four extra chances after he'd already blown it to get it done and still couldn't well, answer. Well, no quarterback is perfect. I mean, Nick is like a man who watched the GOAT intently for the last two decades. Like, you know he's had some bad games every once in a while. Yeah, but he's still won at a more prolific clip than anybody else has ever played. So, so yeah, I, I mean, that's... Why yeah. a tittle. <laughs> <laughs> um... But and then boys just like finishing off the NFL, like how how disappointed are we that the NFL is not flexing out Cowboys Eagles on Sunday night for the and we're You're gonna- fucking kidding me. <laughs> yeah, this up? is breaking news to me. Is this real? Well, I mean they, there's no chance they haven't done it yet, so that they're not they I don't think they can now. So we're gonna get another little NFC East primetime matchup on Sunday night. Uh, there is no Eagles Cowboys so. denomination. I can place on that game to spike my interest. Ben Danucci probably starting at quarterback. Light it oh, up. Fucking give me Eagles money line. James Madison boy. Eagles. Eagles money line. Well, I mean, come. Holy fuck. I mean, people are asking if the Cowboys are cooked. Cowboys are pre fucking cooked since 95. It's bullshit. All right. What do you think pre game meal is? Is he a lasagna guy or is he a cannoli guy? <laughs> Some little Italian stereo. Well, a bolognese. Eh? <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, moving on to arguably what some people would have thought was the biggest sports story, but NFL is always NFL verbal meme greater than sign MLB just, every day. I'm just every realizing day. that we've looked over this pod script and not once did I question the fact we had five NFL topics before. Before commenting on the the climax. Well, that's about as many pitch and changes as fucking Kevin Cash made last night. Give the people what they want. Um, All right, so World Series. uh, Good good year to be an L.A. fan so far until uh, Jared Goff ruins that for everyone. Um, Hey, there's more than one football team in L.A. there. Yeah, that's true. I guess Herbert. Herbert. Um, All right, guys, we got to talk baseball. We can't keep bringing it back. Okay. Is Herbert the best quarterback in L.A.? (laughs) Yeah. Um, what about what about Kendall Slovis from USC? Is he better than Herbert and Goff? Who knows? 
are you guys impressed? Is it, does, the, does the World Series have an asterisk to you? Because it's 60-game season. Everybody and their mother was making the playoffs. Um, does this have an asterisk for you? Like, the NBA and NHL, to me, don't as much. But this one, you could maybe convince me. It may yeah. be an 100% I got an asterisk around this. Like, it was abysmal how they got everything organized. It was shortened season. And when the playoffs came around, it looked like half the teams didn't care. Everybody else just wanted to go home. And the team that had the biggest payroll got the biggest payout. Well, you know, I think I have a bit of a rant coming up here about asterisks. So if the MLB is telling me that we're not putting an asterisk on Barry Bonds' tiny goddamn testicles, then I don't know how you can put an asterisk on this baseball season. Because number one, I watched almost every single playoff game in the last two rounds, and that was baseball at the highest level. You had managers blowing decisions. You had managers blowing decisions, and you had managers blowing decisions. Are we not going to talk about Kevin Cash taking out his best pitcher after one hit in the sixth inning, and we're just going to let that slide? That was brutal. That was one of the worst coaching decisions that Pete Carroll threw it on the one, okay? okay. Dave Roberts has been blowing series for the last five years. No, no. He got one-handed to him, so congratulations. Clayton Kershaw has been blowing series for five years, and that guy has got a nice ring to, like, stop that leaky faucet of runs scored when he's pitching in the playoffs. And on the inside where they write a nice commemorative message, it will read asterisk. No, no. On Clayton Kershaw's, it will read off the hook. <laughs> but I will say this. Um, two weeks ago, I couldn't tell you anyone on the Tampa Bay Rays. And today, I could tell you that Randy Anner at Randy. Go, well, Lord, the Lord. I can tell you that Randy Azarena might be the best player in MLB history. He hit 10 <laughs> home runs this postseason. No one else has hit that many in their goddamn life. I love baseball between the dates of October 10th to October 31st. That is the sweet spot for me. Or anytime the Jays are somewhat relevant. Shout out Vladdy Guerrero and his father. Um, I think that at this point, if you could start the baseball season tomorrow, I'd be right back in it. Yeah, you'd be in so it. How did you feel? I know you watched the the large majority of the series as a fellow Dodgers fan, like the sleeping guy. Are you pleased just because your team got the result you were looking for? Or do you think the quality of play was up to par? I mean, I as a as a new Dodgers fan and a new <laughs> and a perfect new, time, hey, and a new Mookie Betts stand. I fucking love that. Fuck my boy. Um, yeah, no, I was I was I was actually excited about the the World Series and like I was watching every game. I mean, it helped. I had a big uh, future bet on the Dodgers. <laughs> <laughs> that always helps. <laughs> Shout out gambling. Shout yeah. out Astros. But no, I I thought it was I thought it was, the quality of play was right up there. Like. There were some exciting moments, like obviously the end of game uh, game four was just insane. Like that, oh, yeah. that was maybe one of the best live baseball things I've ever seen, other than maybe maybe the bat flip. Shout out Jose Bautista. What about Edward walking off with the parrot that one time? No, but nothing nothing beats the bat flip um, as a as a Toronto a Toronto based uh, reporter. You know, big. What fan. about Ellen? What about uh, you can touch them all, Joe? Well, I mean, yeah, but uh, for me, <laughs> for me, that was that was just like, and I didn't really have other than I was cheering for the Dodgers. Obviously, I didn't have a huge dog in the fight, but that was uh, a pretty exciting moment. Um, so no, I, I, to me, I'm not. I wouldn't put an asterisk on it. You can, you can explain to me why it probably should have it. Like I know 60 games compared to 160 is not even close, but 
everybody thought the Dodgers were going to be the best team going into a regular baseball season. So who's to say they wouldn't have won that one? I don't know. The And plus, if it's a regular year, they, ha- they have David Price to that pitching staff. So, like uh, – As a former Sox fan, Red Sox, that is, and Canadian, I can attest to the fact that adding David Price <laughs> or actually not having David Price there is a benefit to your squad in the playoffs. Okay, well, yeah. uh, we'll agree to disagree. But, All uh, right. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, so, but, so the Dodgers won. That's all fine and great. Now we have to discuss the bigger story, arguably, from last night. In Turner gets... Wait, can we stop for a second? We need to say his name right. For everyone out there who has not seen the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise, Nick and I, the beauty man and I, have been affectionately referring to him as Turner for the past two weeks. Because he's just, he's constantly just, right, a pain in my rear as a Tampa Bay Rays fan. And he looks but like a goddamn pirate, too. Someone explained to me how pregame, you test everyone for COVID, and in the second inning, you get Turner's results back, and they're inconclusive. So you go, ah, we'll retest this shit. Five innings later, yeah, he definitely has COVID. Probably the same results as you got in the pregame testing that you delayed and claimed it came up inconclusive. I, I'm seeing more collusion in the series. We weren't hitting garbage cans in the back, signaling batters. However, we were putting players on the field who were endangering everyone else. No, Dr. Bobosa pulled up that test score and went, turn, and got him out of the game as fast as humanly possible. Um, I think it's a bit of a farce that I let him back on the field after, considering I'm a bit of a, a COVID freak, where, like, I don't even know the beauty man touched me anymore. I don't know where he's been. Um, the fact that his girlfriend was – I don't think, I don't think they did let him on. Like, he was told he was not allowed to go on, but he was yeah. – but that's what I don't have much of an issue with because he's been on each of these squads who are losing year in, year out, just right up to the finish line, always the bridesmaid, never the bride, couldn't get it done. Oh. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You've worked your whole life to get to that moment. Are you going to sit over in the corner on your own when no, it happens? That's what I'm saying is, like, I, as, as a as former athlete, like, I would like to think I would make the right decision and try not to go celebrate with a team, like, wear my mask go isolate but i just don't think it's a once in a lifetime thing like you won the world championship how are you going to stay off i think it's the mlb's fault for allowing this guy who tested positive to play in this game not getting him off and then they let him be this irresponsible guy and put everyone else in danger like what what happens tell tell me what happens if there has to be a game seven do they have to play for two weeks or what well, Kellen, let me tell you this, is that there wouldn't have been a Game 7 because Rob Manfred was so fucking drunk last night trying to give out the MVP award that they were calling it after Game 6 anyways. And number two, I just think Turner didn't mind getting sick because he's been sick after the playoffs for the last five seasons with all those losses is that he there's no closure on the season for him if he doesn't get sick. So he had to get COVID before this game if they're going to win the World Series so that it could just be a constant end to the season. Um, if there was a Game 7, I think the Rays might win it in a forfeit, unfortunately. But but there wasn't. So Blake Schnell, Kevin Nothing Cash. Nothing would be more fitting to end this baseball season. season. Okay. Oh, yeah, the baseball season that the beauty man loved the most. Hypothetical question. You guys, your spouse 
wins the wins the world championship in whatever sport they they uh, they uh, participate in, you know they have COVID. They they get tested for pos- positive for COVID midway through the game. Are you kissing them after the after the, the World Series on the field like Justin Turner's wife did? As um, the only member of the podcast with a spouse. <laughs> Fuck yeah! Because what the hell else are you gonna do? You can't you can't turn away on national television. By God, that's almost worse. Well, you know, I would actually like to follow the imagine guide. the memes. Well, yeah, of course, of course. But I'd like to follow the guidelines laid laid out by any local authority. So here in BC, we I'd, we'd be using a glory hole. <laughs> and and uh, honestly, though, our provincial government did advocate for glory holes. And, and who had episode three for the first mention of glory holes? <laughs> <laughs> ding, ding, ding. One. Well, that's enough uh, baseball talk, ending with some uh, glory hole talk. Um, quickly to some golf. Um, the Zozo um, followed a bit. Nick, I know you did. You were betting on some Tiger versus Phil action. And it was more... <laughs> It was more just who wanted to lose, didn't want to lose that pairing versus who wanted to win it. Um, so, Nick, I just got to ask, is, is, is Tiger, is this it? Like, are we seeing the decline or, or is he still going to compete in just depending on the, on the tournaments he's in? Yeah, it's going to be ebbs and flows. When you're only playing six, seven, eight weeks a year, it's going to be damn near impossible to play at the highest level. He doesn't have the capacity left in him to go out there, play 20, 30 weeks a year. But if we get a regular PGA Tour schedule, Tiger can get in 12, 15 events the next two, three years, I think he could win one to two tournaments. The way the game's trending with all this speed, I'm not sure if you guys are aware of it, but check out Bryson DeChambeau on the gram. Like the, the way that guy is going after it is insane. He's bringing long drive competitions onto the golf course. Everyone's working on getting a little more amped up, a little longer, a little faster. And Tiger is old school. He's working on keeping his back intact and his short game. So there's a few courses each year where he's going to have a shot. But until he gets out there, gets the reps, he's, he's not going to contend very often. My hopes for him this year at, at Augusta, at least November's version of the Masters, I don't think he's got a great shot. It's Bryson's tournament to lose, but who knows? When April comes around, you never know. Magic's in the air. Yeah, it's it is weird that we're we, we're getting the Masters in like a week's time. That's uh, it's pretty pretty insane, honestly. But uh, I mean, we're gonna have to bring a fourth screen down into the basement so we can have three football games and the Masters going on. At I was the same about to say, what Sunday. else are we gonna fucking watch with no sports being on now? Well, college uh, football Saturday will be opening from Augusta. That's true. Pretty excited about it. But yeah, no, it's it's tough to see. But yeah, I'm hoping he he's still anytime Tiger's in contention on a major in a major these days, it's just it's just must see TV. So well everyone even your casual sports fan tunes in, right? Like would I much rather be betting on Tiger to win at the end of the day opposed to beating Phil Mickelson in his head to head, which he won with a seventy three and they teed off the tenth hole because they were so far fucking out of it that didn't even matter however this is the world we live in also shout out to our boy rest in peace to our guy tiger tracker um looks like he's no more uh must have been part of some golf uh, channel cuts 
he was a he was a big key for a, a lot of tiger rounds for i know both of us cuz when we couldn't watch on the on the live screen given every Man. shot shot by he shot was, he was really really clutch it's a shame i don't have twitter anymore but he was my favorite follow i like when you say both of us because you guys know that i don't give a shit about the tiger tracker <laughs> we know you're not a tiger tracker guy i'm a casual right, sports well, golf fan that is our opening segment and now we're moving on to a little something we will be starting from here on out um because obviously this is the show is called the man in the middle um we needed to uh have a little reason for why we called it that so starting from this point on we're going to have a weekly one-on-one debate where two of the members of the podcast take a side of a of a potential sports uh, topic or debate they have their little debate and then the other the other moderator which will be uh, me in this case um, the beast will decide at the end who was the champion we'll throw it out to the listeners let them vote maybe um, so for today's episode the big question is in the 2020 NFL season, you have one game to win in the NFL playoffs. Who do you want as your quarterback? Russell Wilson or Tom Brady? This is the 2020 NFL season, I'd like to point out. This current season. Taking the Russell Wilson side will be the sleeping guy. Taking, taking the Tom Brady side will, of course, be the beauty man. Who wants to begin with their opening argument? Ding, ding, ding. Let's go. First and foremost, I would like to establish what exactly makes a quarterback good, bad, or indifferent. Note that I am copying my quarterback philosophy directly from a gentleman whom you may be familiar with by the name of Bill Belichick. Obviously, quarterback is the most important position on the field, a coach in action. No player touches the ball more or carries more responsibility week to week. Quarterbacking at the highest level requires you to set protection, identify coverage, execute the game plan, and make split-second decisions with some of the best athletes in the world trying to cause you physical harm. The best quarterbacks, in my opinion, protect the football, minimize negative offensive plays, and win. Plain and simple, don't come at me with hand size, arm strength, mobility, blah, blah, blah. They are nothing but more than nice additional features like a beautiful woman with a fat ass and great tits. Taking all this into consideration, if I needed to win one game this season, everything on the line, give me Tom Brady, here's why. TB12, 1,910 yards passing, 18 touchdowns, four picks to this point, completing 65% of his passes and getting sacked at the lowest rate in the league. Undeniably, some growing pains early on, but considering he switched teams for the first time in 20 seasons and had no preseason to work out the kinks, not bad at 43. Russell has thrown for less yards, more picks, and only a handful more touchdowns. No doubt he's having an incredible season, but his Drew Brees-esque inflated stats are a direct result to the fact his defense couldn't stop a Pop Warner team, and they have to go full fucking air raid for four to five quarters every game. Sleeping guy, what do you got me? Well, I'm glad you put me on the rebuttal, because as Stephen Smith would say, I am a bottom feeder. (laughs) And uh, I didn't hear a word you said, because I was too busy focusing on the here and now, and that is here and now with the best quarterback in the league. And you look at, well, just a few tasty stats. It's called the pro football focus overall quarterback grade. Who do you have at number one? You have Russell Wilson, who's three. 
you have a stat called completion percentage over expected, meaning who completes more of their passes when they're expected to go incomplete. Number one, we have Russell Wilson. Uh, number 11, Tom Brady. Uh, let's talk about EPA, expected points added per play. You have Russell Wilson coming in at fifth. You have Gramps doubling his age at 10th, putting Russell Wilson at the EPA plus the CPOE index at number one in the league. That makes him number one on your board, number one in my heart. Now, why else would you want Russell Wilson? Well, ladies and gentlemen, has anyone ever watched a lovely show called NFL Films Presents? Mike Dump. And we'll think back to a few weeks ago against the Vikings. They were down by how many points? Who cares? Guess who we have at quarterback? Russell Wilson. They know what's about to happen. He's going to the field. He's going to win you that game. One game, one game only. I'm taking my man, Big Daddy Russ, Russell Wilson. Let's come back from three weeks ago and go to just last week yep. when your man, Russell Wilson, up seven points, close near the half, going to put this game out of reach, win us both a large amount of money, yep. throws an interception where Buda Baker returns. Uh, also, not just an interception, ladies and gentlemen, a horrific interception. DK hawked him. We're all going to forget about it in a couple weeks because the Cardinals still won the game. That's okay. We go to the second half. Seahawks take over. 10-point lead, six minutes left to go in the game. Even Pete fucking Carroll. Game on the line. Russell Wilson playing the best football he's ever played in his career. Third and two. Who does he give the ball to? Carlos fucking Hyde. It's not 2014, ladies and gentlemen. It's 2020. Yet here we are, game on the line. His head coach. No one spends more time with Russ than Pete. Yet when the game is maybe on Sierra. the line, maybe. Game on the line. He's always handing the ball to somebody else. He put it in Russ's hands once. He learned his lesson. Now. We're giving it to Hyde. Then we go to overtime. Russ gets the ball first. What happens? Well, Cardinals come down. We get a fucking miracle. I'm kissing the ground because Russ gets a second chance. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. How many chances do you need, Russ? Do you know how many chances Tom needs? One. Get it done. Win the game. Take care of the football. It's TB12. Well, I'm glad you mentioned one because Tom Brady can't count to four or either he's too old to remember how many downs there are in an American football game because we all saw what happened on Thursday night a few weeks ago when he went, uh, hub, 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 four, four, Gronk, four. Even Gronk knew it was fourth down and Tom Brady's throwing incompletions over the middle and costing me tons of units on the Bucks money line. All right. Tom Brady's time has come and it has gone. Like he has gone down to Tampa Bay. Now, are they a contender? Yes. Why? They have Godwin. They have Evans. They have Ronald Jones. They have Leonard Fournette. They have Gronkowski. They have Cameron Bray. They have a first-round pick at tackle. Holy shit, look and at that offense. <laughs> and what, the best defense in the league? Jesus Christ, Kellen. Even you could complete those passes out there, all right? Because the defense is helping him complete well, passes, and Russell Wilson has no receiving core? It's literally like Tom Brady has the Cadillac of fucking carts to get him around that Tampa Bay Paris facility while Russell Wilson's just canning all over the place, all right? Tom, Tom, Tom Brady has been set up with something where he cannot fail. Like, even Jameis Winston won seven games with that team last year. You put the best quarterback in history in that league, of course you're going to win 11 games to go to the playoffs, all right? You put anyone else in the Seahawks at quarterback, we're 0-16. 30-second closing arguments, uh, and then we're, we're done. Go next. Here's a full list of the quarterbacks who've thrown for at least 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns at 43. Tom Brady, end of list. All right, here's my closing argument. Giselle or Sierra? Giselle's prime is gone. Sierra is here in the now. I'm taking Sierra and Russell Wilson and those beautiful babies. 
All right. Well done. You too. Well done. A um, lot of great, uh, great points uh, on both sides. They're cheersing as a job well done. Um, liked, uh, like Nick's use of, uh, of just a quarterback's job is not – the stats are, are more – more just flashy numbers. A quarterback's job is just to get the get the job done. And and then Liam went the opposite route and gave me just a bunch of fucking pro football focus stats off off the hop, which are 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 impressive. But is that the is that the measuring stick of a quarterback? I don't know. Because then you ha- you'd have to have the debate. If that's the measuring stick of a quarterback, Peyton Manning's probably the go, right? But if it's winning, getting the job done, you know. Um, so. Oh, it it was a tough one, and but I'm going based off this argument. I gotta maybe give it to uh, the uh, the beauty man. Oh wow, <laughs> let's go L F G TV twelve. To be fair, maybe what did it for me was the closing argument when when Liam tried to tell me I had to take Sierra over Giselle because uh, that cooked yeah. Sierra's, Sierra's a little too too into JC for me, um, uh, Mr. Unlimited. But uh, but no, that was a hell of a debate, boys. Uh, honestly, if I had to if I had to argue a side, I might argue the opposite side. I'd probably argue I'd take Russell. But uh, if we're given the given the debate win, I uh, give it to the to Beauty Man in this in this scenario. But uh, remains great, undefeated. Great great first argument. Can't wait for next week. We'll. Uh, I'll I'll be involved this week taking on uh, one of these two bozos. But uh, now we're going to take a little break. Uh, sleeping guy, why don't you throw us to the break? Well, coming up, Kellen, we're going to discuss what Johnny Menzel's comeback is going to be A-plus this time. Hello there. All right, welcome back. Like Johnny Menzel's football career, um, we're going to go with a little Jedi versus Sith. Uh, as you all know the deal, we've got one. You, everyone gets one Jedi and one Sith. And because I'm selfish, I'm going to start first. So my Jedi this week is one man who puts a smile on my face every Monday night with the fastest three minutes. One man who will join the realm of the football gods at the end of his career when he passes to the next life. That would be Chris Berman, Boomer. And why do I pick Boomer? Because anytime I watch football or read some highlights, all I can think of is Chris Berman adding in some of his own personal commentary. Like, for example, on Thursday night, Wentz to Scott for six points. More like Carson Wentz to Boston. Beat me up, Scotty, for a game-winning touchdown. It just gets the people going. Or you see on Sunday afternoon when, oh, Drew Brees to Sanders for a first down. I see Emmanuel Colonel Sanders running one of his hidden 11 routes and catches from Drew. Easy Breeze, beautiful cover girl. His arm's still strong enough for a man, but he's built like a woman. Now, that has completely changed my life, and I think we all appreciate Boomer. Or teach, teach. That's the thing with the NFL. You never know what's going to happen. I woke up every Sunday as a child and flipped on TSN because I was one of those kids who fucked those cartoons. I'm watching highlights and you just get boom, Keyshawn, Chris Carter, and Teej, and the coach, Mike Ditka. It's always a blast from the past. I watch his full highlights every week on ESPN+. Now, Boog, he's no Teej, but... We'll let him slide. So to you, Chris Berman, cheers to you. You're my Jedi of the week. Cheers, Boo. That was a that was a hell of a performance. 
uh, cheers to cheers to Boomer. Um, tough tough act to follow, honestly, Liam. Um, Thank but you. my my uh, my Jedi of the week is old men. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Because we had some some stellar old men performances in the in the past uh, day or two. You know, old men don't get enough shoutouts, especially if they're white. <laughs> I know it's a tough it's a tough life to be an old white man. That's what my foreman that's what my foreman last last winter told me actually. So bold um, bold take. Um, but anyways, the first of the old men is uh, Tommy Lasorda, still not dead, and his daughter <laughs> has won a. Uh, a World Series. So wherever he is, hopefully he's still alive and kicking and, and functioning. Uh, congrats to him. And then the other one is Dickie V. I don't, oh. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw uh, Dickie V's uh, tweet today, but he, uh, the guy can't work Twitter. But <laughs> come on, he's Dickie V. Fuck, he can barely say onions, baby onions these days. Trying, so he tweeted out an article about the Dodgers winning a World Series, and he started it with coherent words. It was like something about this Dodgers World Championship, and then in between was just a whole bunch of gibberish. It looks like it looked like he just like slammed the keyboard with his hands. There was just like random letters everywhere, random periods. It made zero sense. And then at the end, it ended with the sweetest thing ever. So he wanted to tweet out, this is why the Dodgers title this year is the sweetest thing ever. But he somehow typoed a whole bunch of random gibberish words in between it and tweeted it out. And it was up for an hour. So I, I, tweet, I quote tweeted it as saying, if you, if you don't agree with this take, you don't know baseball. People <laughs> If you, uh, if you, there was a lot of uh, people having some fun with him, but I, I hope Dickie B just stays being Dickie B because that well, was, that was an absolute classic. I hope they let him back here to the student section because there's nothing better than flipping on a college basketball game at the end of November and just hearing, oh, oh, you know, Dickie B is like, Dickie B is like the boomer of college basketball. Wait, can't wait to hear who the diaper dandies are this year. <laughs> oh, the diaper dandies. Oh, Doug Uncle Dickie V, where we're going to give you the breakdown. Yeah, Dickie V's awesome. All right, all right. Stay, stay winning, old man. Too bad he wasn't in a Brazilian brothel. Hey, Colin. <laughs> oh, oh. And for my Jedi of the week, it is baseball season. We're still in October. I have our first female, Diana Betts. Now, most of you may not know, but my former boy Mookie's baseball career did not get off to a welcoming start. Not a single little league team would allow this cutest fuck five-year-old to join their squad. Unimpressed and offended, his mother Diana took matters into her own hands and formed a team of castoffs, just so her son could play ball, which I found to be a truly inspiring story until I discovered they failed to win a single game that season. In 2018, the kid everyone rejected became the first player in MLB history to win an MVP, a Silver Slugger, a Gold Glove, and the World Series in one season, as well as obtaining the ultimate prize of becoming my favorite baseball player. Last <laughs> night, he, he also won another World Series with some half-rate LA team. But like most of us, Mookie would be nothing without his mom. Without his mom. Diana Betts, you're my Jedi of the week. Nice. And keeping with the Snake Drafts theme and the baseball theme, Rob Manfred, you have done the unthinkable. You are officially the worst commissioner in sports. 
allowing mass collusion and cheating from a marquee franchise to go unpunished. The disorganized manner of the half-assed season you put together was embarrassing, which could have been saved by a great performance in the World Series, but unfortunately, as previously stated by none other than yourself, they were playing for nothing more than a piece of metal. Rob Manford, you are my Sith of the Week. He's proverbially drunk. Like, <laughs> congratulations, Corey Seager, hey, on your World you, Series MVP. You can, be, you can be really drunk and not an idiot at the same time. Yeah, I was uh, I was a little killed the franchise on it. Room last night, honestly. Um, my uh, my Sith of the week is uh, Carlos Dunlap um, because uh, what well, newest Seahawk? Exactly. <laughs> but did you guys see the way he went out? Of uh, yeah, he sold his house on the way out. Yeah, exactly. Genius on Twitter. Yeah. So like, uh, I just don't think that's a very good way to go out of a franchise that you've been a part of since you were a rookie um to literally post your house on on twitter and say serious inquiries only um well you ever tried to sell anything on fucking kijiji i think twitter's a better spot to sell something if uh if uh unless you're michael scott trying to sell he should have done the michael scott had sold his house on ebay um he sold it for uh 80% 80% of what it cost. It sold in record time. <laughs> Just moving product. But yeah, I mean, congrats for Carlos Dunlap getting out of Cincinnati, going to a contender, but uh, that's not the way to go out. You, you go to the management, you, you show some class, you know, good luck. Maybe, maybe get a real estate agent yeah, as well yeah. on your way. Shout out beauty man's mother. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out realtors. Yeah, Anyways. Get Laura Petrus out there. And then, uh, so Liam, give us your final Sith of the Week. Well, there were a couple candidates for my Sith of the Week. It hasn't been the most hunky-dory week out here. Um, I would like to say my Jedi honorable mention is Carlos Dunlap for coming into fixing the Yards Pass Rush. <laughs> That's hilarious. But uh, we'll get into my Sith of the Week. And um, the beauty man knows about this argument. I've made it many times. But my Sith of the Week is the NFL schedule. Because... What the fuck are we watching tonight? There's nothing on TV. It's a Wednesday night, and I have nothing going on. I got to wait till tomorrow night for my football fix. And you can't telling... play football every night. <laughs> well, we got 32 teams. Why not have 36? Why not just have two more night games? Especially in the pandemic year like this, we're not going to have baseball for a while. We're not going to have hockey for a while. The NBA, I don't know what those sisters are doing in that league. They're just waiting for no more bubbles. But here's what, ideally, this is how the schedule would look. Sunday morning, we got a London game every week. I don't even care if we have a team in London. The Jacksonville Jaguars play half their homes game there. Who gives a shit? No one goes to those games anyways. Then you got your regular 10 a.m. slate, the 1 o'clock slate, the Sunday night game, and then Sleeping Guy's favorite invention, late night on the West Coast. You got the Chargers, the Broncos, the Seahawks, the Rams, whoever else. Crazy things happen late night at the West Coast. You ever seen Pac-12 after dark? Probably not, because it's after dark. But on the West Coast, I watch all those games. They're great. Monday night, doubleheader. We got one game starting at 4. got one game starting at 7. Eat your heart out, Booger. You get your job back on Monday night. Tuesday, we need a game on Tuesday. Touchdown Tuesdays? Who's into it? F off with this. Taco Tuesday. We've got touchdown Tuesdays now coming back to you. And then Wednesdays, why not? Workout Wednesdays. We got the football coming. I'd shoot from all angles. Thursday, we got Joe and Buck doing their patented NFC East game. Right back into Friday, everyone wants to start their local high school with their mask on. We get that Friday night game. Saturday, you know we're going to Tuscaloosa, the Bayou. 
maybe the horseshoe for the Ohio State Buckeyes. You're looking live, but we need football every night of the week. Make me football commissioner. We'll get this sorted out in two days. Those are my sits of the week, the schedule. Football. Listen. Football commissioner. That's, Listen. That's an interesting I know as a sleeping guy, you are unconscious approximately 50% of the time, and this is fathomable in the dreamland that you live in. But we can't have football every night, as wonderful as it would be. How does the schedule work? What if you play Tuesday one week? You can't dress Sunday. The answer to the problem is, so always, is always more college football. Also, <laughs> stop disregarding all of our East Coast friends like the Beast. How the fuck is he supposed to stay up and watch a game that kicks off at 8 o'clock on the West Coast? That's 11 p.m. this time. Well, well that's bullshit. I got to look at the stock market at fucking 5 a.m. when they're kicking that thing off at, at fucking 8 on the East Coast. Wow. It's, you know what? It's Great stupid. rebuttal. If you're yeah. going to open the market, we're going to keep the games on late. Yeah. Because we got to have the markets open early and late. Like, we're in the betting market. You're in the other betting market. It's all, right. all hunky-dory. I'm, I'm sold. Football time. Yeah. Well, the only one I don't think would work is Wednesdays. Like, how, how Wednesdays is a tough right in the middle of the week. How is a team supposed to play the next Sunday, you know, or anything like that, you know? But Well, they play on Monday. Convince me. Yeah. See, the um, answer is just always – College, college football. football. Yeah, college, college football Wednesdays. They're, and they're pretty much slave workers anyway. Welcome so to the Conference USA Showdown of the Week. You've got the Toledo Mud Hens versus get much the more Tulane crooked than them. Sun Devils. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, uh, Liam, why don't you uh, give us the latest up, uh, update on the other football? <clears throat> Cheerio, everyone. And let's talk about football across the pond. Now, it was a ho-hum week in the Premier League. The Bundesliga, League One, and Serie A. But in the league that matters the most two times a year, La Liga, Real Madrid took on the frauds formerly known as the Barcelona Football Club. Now, they still have Lionel Messi in form, but not in spirit. Well, we have maybe the most legendary defender of our time, everyone, Sergio Ramos. He came out, he scored a penalty, he locked down Leo, and he did it all. And then on Tuesday, he lost in the Champions League. And that is just how the world spins in football. Which brings us to Champions League today. Manchester United versus RB Leipzig, which doesn't stand for Red Bull Leipzig, like everyone expects, because they're sponsored by Red Bull. It stands for Racing Ball Sport Leipzig. And Manchester United waltzed onto that pitch with a team that was in the Champions League quarterfinals last year and wiped them 5-0 with a hat trick off the bench from not only the man feeding your children but also feeding the back of the net Marcus Rashford <laughs> so it was another great week in the football and see you next week my only uh, my only football comment uh, football comment is uh how choked are we that we were robbed of a Ronaldo Messi uh uh clash because of the the covid yeah. Well, honestly, we weren't really robbed because Ronaldo put on his jersey, his socks, his shin pads, and he ran on the treadmill for two hours during the game. So he he played the game too. He the shaved head. The shaved head. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know. I don't know if that's his. Uh, Not your favorite Ronaldo head hairstyle. That's his. Uh, I don't know if that's his best. Uh, best look. I, I just think when you can shave your head and still be good looking, it means you're actually hot. Yeah, like Natalie Portman and V for Vendetta, which oh. I've never seen. You've never Fuck seen me, V for Vendetta? No, because I'm just I'm always afraid of she's just gonna shave her head, and will I still love her as much? I don't know. As a conspiracy theory guy, you would love V for Vendetta. Really? Oh yeah. 
Okay, well, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to tune in. However, I'm feeling a rant coming on. Oh, the beauty man's rant. <laughs> oh my, it's pulsating through his veins. I can see him shaking a little. Nick, the beauty man. Why don't you tell us what you're pissed off about this week? This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. You fucking said it, Herm Edwards. You play to win the game. Professional sports are the epitome of the entertainment business, yet somehow every other franchise out there is trusting the process. Like, what the fuck kind of society do we live in today? Yes, the POTUS is a walking, talking racist Cheeto. And unfortunately, you do have to wash your hands 10 times and dress like a bandit from your favorite old-time westerns to go to the grocery store. Some things can be accepted with time, some cannot. There is no place for complacency in sports. It started with the 76ers in 2013, who intentionally lost games with the hope of obtaining top-end talent in the draft due to their poor regular season performance. Three first overall selections, and seven years later, they have failed to make a single Eastern Conference Finals appearance, and surprise, surprise, rebuilding again, the Boston Red Sox produced one of the most incredible MLB seasons in the last half century, accumulating in a World Series title in 2018 led by their star performer Mookie Betts, Profits reached an all-time franchise high, and what did they do? Clutched those large dollar bills as closely as possible and proceeded to punt on the next few seasons, refusing to pay the best player in the league because he was too expensive. Well, the Dodgers certainly got what they paid for. Now you have the fucking New York Jets, the NFL's most despicable franchise, a team so putrid, so inept that con the consensus number one overall pick is seriously considering going back to class instead of getting paid. South Carolina. Making an objective decision to lose is a diseased mindset. Whatever happened to if you can't beat them, outwork them? Nowadays, it's more along the lines if you can't beat them, give up, you know, lay down. Maybe with zero effort, we can get lucky and have a chance next year. What kind of bullshit message does this send? Imagine a youth sports coach actively telling his team that they have no intention of trying to beat their opponent. Like, honestly, you guys are all really good kids, but we're hoping to be contenders next season. Hand out participation trophies like fucking Oprah Winfrey in her prime. It's this simple, ladies and gentlemen. Regardless of what the competition, you play to win the game. This segment has been brought to you by Sneaky Wilson Pilsner. Be careful, because the weasel snuck up on me. <laughs> <laughs> well, like that's just that's just another amazing rant uh, from the beauty man. Some would say it's almost as good as Greg Cody's back in my day. Maybe we'll get some theme music for you next time. Yeah. Um, well, I think we have reached a point in time for you, the beast. Give us your big J, your biggest, your biggest, proudest on your mind in your prefrontal cortex. Journalism question of the week. All right, it's a real, it's a real uh, humdinger this week. Uh, <laughs> oh, I love, humdinger! I love humdinger. Going off, uh, going off a uh, a notable topic for especially the beauty man and I. Um, shout out uh, the boys if you haven't ever been uh, watching that show. Uh, you really need to get on it um, because uh, now shout out the beast for recommending the boys. It's great and. Uh, get watching it so i want to know i want to know if our boys 
could pick one superpower, one superpower. So not super hero. You can't be a superhero with multiple, oh, with no. multiple uh, powers. You get one single superpower. What superpower are you picking and why? Oh, wow. Because I've had time to think about it, I will give you guys some time to think. Nice, nice. While I answer mine. And yeah, it, nice. was a, it was a tough, tough, uh, tough decision for me. I won't uh, give away some of my other considerations until after, maybe. But the one I uh, finished with was uh, teleportation, like uh, Nightcrawler, um, something similar to that. I think it would be both practical and cool. You know, I kind of, I kind of thought about like the practicality side of a superpower and, you know, teleportation, like if I could just fucking be somewhere at the drop of a hat, like what's better than that? You know, I know yeah, we, we could record the pod and yeah, I know, I could, room. and then exactly. And well, uh, the convenience would be great. <laughs> yeah, what did I, the money you would save on travel. It'd be perfect. Exactly. I'd be, and then I'd just be all over the place. I'd be able to work wherever I wanted. Oh, just the dream. But then plus I'd be able to do some sweet stuff like, you know, teleport into insides of banks uh hopefully hopefully no cops or hopefully officer lawrence isn't listening to this uh pod you know um do any of you have your answer ready for us before we continue yeah is the ability to use the force considered a superpower yeah yeah sure all right. Yeah. Well, 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 give well, it to me. Well, Fucking give it to me right. because I would be the greatest golfer to walk this <laughs> planet of the Earth. Yeah, it may start 40 yards right, but guess what? It's coming back and going in the fucking hole. That's uh, nice. Good picnic. Well, I had two thoughts. Um, the first one that came into my into my small head. Oh, it's about a medium size, but we'll, we'll go with small. Would be. It's no my head. Well, yeah. Fuck. Double XL. <laughs> fucking two-bagger on that one anyways um i'm thinking about the ability to rewind time and i think that'd be great for you know anytime you know you just make a little boo-boo there left right and center wow. yeah you know what? or you place a bad bet on a sunday morning <laughs> you just kind of rewind that right uh, back time travel debit, so debit the bank account but but i've recently watched the butterfly effect and honestly, I have to say that most of the outcomes were not mucho bueno for our friend Ashton Kutcher. So rewinding time, not ideal. So then I ride with my man, the leader of the pack, Professor X. His telepathic abilities are, well, they are second to the Phoenix. Okay, okay, but here's a stipulation. You can either read minds or you can control things with your mind you can't do both they're separate superpowers but at, wait since i have the force can i pull jedi mind tricks or is it one or the other like i can move shit no, you, I... can either, you can you can either move stuff or you can manipulate people's minds you can't you can't have it but all. no the mind tricks only work on the weak-minded anyways so all right fine you can have those well I'll be honest, right. I could read 100 female minds and still not know what they're thinking, so I will move <laughs> things with my head. Okay. Nice. Well, that has been uh, Kellen's Big J Question of the Week. Let us know what uh, superpower you would choose. Um, sleeping Guy, bring us to our last and final break. Well, coming up after the break, we're going to tell you why three TVs is always better than two. Peace, why don't you get us going?
All right. Well, uh, it's a tight race. This uh, going going into the third week of picks uh, through two weeks, everybody is exactly sixteen and twelve in head-to-head game picks. Um, so this is a big week um, for someone's going to take the lead, hopefully. Um, well, we can't start. all be kissing our sister all season long. Yeah, exactly. So somebody is. Uh, we'll start with uh, the Thursday nighter. We get a little NFC South Woo! football. Falcons, Panthers. Um, I am going to take the Panthers. Um, does anybody believe in Raheem Morris and the Atlanta Falcons? Well, I'd like just like to say we're all winners by having football on, on Thursday night. We should have football on every night. Um, but I'm actually going to ride with Teddy Bridgewater, Matt Rule, and hopefully Christian McCaffrey at 80% this Thursday night. I'm going to take the Panthers. All right. Oh, man. Guys, this is so this is so difficult for me this year because I have picked the Falcons. I picked the Falcons the three times this season. <laughs> I, and I bet on them three times this season. I bet on them to beat the Dallas Cowboys. They came out to an insurmountable lead and somehow blew that. And the next week I thought, you know what, this Bears team is pretenders. I'm gonna I'm gonna bet on them. And you know what? They got off to an insurmountable lead. Trubisky was benched. Nick Foles came back. Somehow pulled that one out of him. And then I bet against the Falcons for a couple of weeks and made some money. They fired Dan Quinn and go, I'm going to put this no-name guy who I don't even – I still don't even know who he is as the head coach. They win a game. I look at him and go, hmm, I like him again. I'm going to bet him. And you know what? They found a new way to fucking lose. But here I am. One week later, I really want the Falcons. But because I lose every time, I'll take the Panthers. All right, all right. That's uh, there's that. Um, that's a quite quite the explanation. I can't wait to Nick Nick for you to tell the listeners uh, about our underdog parlay from last week. But moving on to the game of the weekend, um, we got Steelers taking on going to Baltimore and taking on the Ravens. Um, Ravens are actually favored by three and a half. So if anybody likes uh, likes the Steelers, but I'm actually going to take the Steelers. I think they're they're cut above the Ravens right now. I don't trust the Ravens' offense against that defense. Um, what are you guys feeling? Well, you know, Kellen, I do have the Steelers at number one on my power rankings, and I think I need to stick by those. Um, and the reasons to that are, number one, the Steelers' pass rush is excellent. One of the best in the game. James Conner looks awesome. Chase Claypool is everyone's favorite Canadian these days, so I'm going Steelers on the money line. Steelers got a great D. So does Baltimore. They can both run the ball sufficiently, and I'm not sure if Baltimore can play from behind. However, I think Jim Harbaugh and Lamar and company, they get amped for these type of games. I'm going to ride with the Ravens if for no other reason than to separate myself from you two slime balls. Okay, well, there we go. We got we got our first uh, split decision. Um, Colts, Colts traveling to Detroit to take on the Lions. Who do you guys like? No one? Is that an option? I'll take Indianapolis. Old man Phil Rivers. It, is Darius Leonard playing this week? Does anybody know? I probably should. I'll be all over the place. Don't know yet. <laughs> like, what do you, does that mean, like, you know, is this be all over the place online, or is he going to be on the field just wrecking things? No, he'll be all sideline to sideline. Like he's, he uh, he's apparently uh, questionable. 
So man, uh, well, I'm going with the Lions. Detroit's abysmal. No way. I want Detroit looking good coming into Thanksgiving in a few weeks from now, so we can talk about that Texans Lions game. A lot. <laughs> oh, fuck. I, I think we're. Uh, I think I'm gonna go with the Colts too. I think. Oh, boo. I think their running game is. Uh, hey, I've been on the Lions the last two weeks, and they've come through for me both times. So. Uh, uh, First time in in history, the Lions have come through <laughs> twice in a row for anyone. <laughs> Since the Barry Sanders days. Shout out to our boy Eric Patterson. Rest in, may he rest in peace. But uh, like Matt Stafford hasn't come through that many times for his wife since they've been married, man. Well, he can chug a beer though. Um, better than Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Vikings Packers. Uh, I'm assuming we're all on the Packers. Go Pack. Go. go we're all on the Packers. All right. Okay. In the AFC East showdown, uh, Packers, uh, Patriots, Bills. Nick, do you believe in the Patriots this week in Buffalo? What, what did I make you promise me nor two weeks ago? To never let you bet on the Patriots. Exactly. Go, Bills. Wow. Uh, I think I, yeah, I think I'm going to take the Bills. I want to believe in Cam, but what he's, show in the last two weeks is not what what do you want to believe in his solid fashion sense yeah, his athletic does. ability because he can't play quarterback no he can't he can't throw to the right can't throw to the right um we can't Liam? throw <laughs> well i'm going with i'm going with bill belichick don't back baby into a corner wow. yeah i hope you're right man i really do but well we know uh we know liam's taking the titans against the Bengals. uh tighten up Nick, everywhere we go, everywhere we go. Nick on the bungles again this week, or uh... I can't do it, man. I bet on the bungles against the Colts. Like I bet on the bungles twice against the Browns, and they lost both times. I'm just gonna ride with Tennessee. They're solid. They suck. They're actually surprisingly weak on the defensive end. Worst team in the league on third down. Yeah. Stay woke, ladies and gentlemen. I did hear but, that. Um, I like this is the perfect middle game because Tennessee is gonna win a tight one. And Joey covers. Oh Let's wow, Gillen, get your get your middle and pants on because <laughs> yeah. you're in the middle of the shit out of this game. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm 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 taking the Titans too. Maybe it's because I just got Ryan Tannehill in fantasy this week, and I need to I need to believe. But uh, huge huge trade for you this week. Yeah, in fantasy. you also I'm, brought Zeke aboard. I'm taking the Titans. Um, oh, and uh, words coming in, we have a special guest to introduce the next game. Uh, Boomer is here to introduce the next game. Thanks, Teach. This Sunday morning, we have Peter Griffin's best friend, Cleveland Brown. Oh, that's nasty. Taking on the Las Vegas Raiders, led by Derek Carbomb in the streets. Who you boys got? For no other reason than Odell's not there, and when he isn't, Baker looks great. Let's go, Brownies. Oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Raiders again, even though I was fucked by them last week because there was a material change and I didn't know about their COVID outbreak. But I'm gonna ride with the Raiders this week again. Teach. That's the thing about the NFL. You never know, and that's why Swami says the Raiders. All right. Well, I know who we're all taking for the next game. Uh, Jets Chiefs. My question is. The spread's at 19 and a half. Would anybody consider the Jets to cover? <laughs> the sleeping guy wanted to lay 21 and a half. Oh, I'll lay 22, baby. They, they, we bet it down to 19 and a half. 
I have a strict never lay more than 10 points. You got to have a big pair of cojones to lay 19 and a half. Well, we're all we're all in the Chiefs, but that we're all, we're all, all in the Chiefs. Chiefs. That'll be a fun spread to uh, pick. All right, and going down to uh, South Beach, um, anybody believe in Tua to beat the Rams? Aloha, baby. I do. Tua time. You're taking all the right. fins. Oh yeah, fins up. Dolphin I'm, noise. I'm taking the Rams. That's a that's a hey Tua. Welcome to the NFL. Here's here you get to play Aaron Donald. Uh, that's going to be tough. The only thing I do think is, yeah, like like, what tape do the do the Rams have on them? Are they going to have to go back to Bama? I don't know. Could be could be interesting, but I still think that's the Rams defense is playing lights out these days. I think I think they'll get the job done. But. I think at this day and age, they're not watching tape. They're watching probably some Blu-rays or DVDs, Colin. That's true. That's true. Nick, you know what's weird about this game is. Two has really thrown me. I'm shocked to see that the Rams are, are laying three and a half on the road down there in South Beach because the Finns, as the Patriots can attest, they fucking come to play at home. I'm going to um, spite bet the Rams for the second week in a row and ride with two. Ah, ah. Wow. All right. Wow. All right. That's both, both against the Rams again. Fucked you last week. We'll see if it does it again. Uh, Chargers Broncos. Um. I like Herbert in this one. I like Herbert more than Locke. Uh, anybody believe in the Broncos to get it done at home? Well, keep Herbert away from the junior high because Herbert the pervert strolls into mile high and gets another W this weekend. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride with the Broncos. I, oh, wow. uh, I, laid, <laughs> I laid 12 and a half on them last week and got burnt. But prior to that, <laughs> they came into Foxborough, played really well until the final few minutes when Drew Locke tried to keep everyone in it. I feel like it's going to be cold. It's going to be tight. And fuck it. Go Broncos. All right. Well, uh, same at Bears. Uh, does anybody believe in the Bears after that abysmal performance on Monday night? No. <laughs> but I'm still taking Nick Foles at home in Soldier Field. I'm taking the Bears. You're going to ride with the Bears? Old oh, man. Yeah. Ditka is not coaching this football team. Old man drew outside. You never know. He might his old bones get cold. Is is um that, that rotator cuff is don't old. like Mike dressing this game? Do we have an update? Probably not. Looks like does probably. Emmanuel COVID nineteen Sanders have a chance to play? Also probably not. Well, I hope Kamara lights it up for my fantasy team and in shocking fashion for no other reason than I hope it snows. I'm gonna go with Dub Bears. I can't take the Bears after that, uh, watching that full game on Monday night, so I'm going to go with the Saints. But I don't hate the pick, boys. I don't hate the pick, especially Bears, uh, Saints favor by four. I don't, don't hate a little Bears. Uh, I like the Bears uh, at home, maybe a little different. They don't have to contend with that fast turf yeah, down right. in La La Land. All right, and uh, 49ers, uh, Seahawks in a, another NFC West clash. Um, Liam, we know you'll probably be taking your Seahawks, even though they fucked you last week. Nick, you believe in the 49ers? They're, they're, they're getting hot. They are trending. This one, one of the more difficult games of the week for me. I'm just... No Debo probably for the 49ers. No Debo, but it doesn't fucking matter because it's not like they're trying to throw the ball anyways. They got such a ground attack. 
And what do you think, sleeping guy? That Seahawks D are they gonna are they gonna stop anyone this week? Well, they can hopefully stop themselves from sucking ass. No, I can't bet. I'm not gonna bet. I'm gonna take the Hawks. I'm not gonna bet against Russ because he's probably gonna be down again late. They're gonna keep everyone in it, but I don't think he's gonna just give the game away two weeks in a row. Nice. Yeah, I've. Uh, I'm gonna actually take the 49ers just because I oh, think. Fuck off. I think they're uh, – That's a spite bet as well. Probably a little bit of a spite bet. I mean, I don't love the 49ers either, but the uh, 49ers uh, – Shanahan will get it get it going against that offense. Kittle, Kittle will dominate that stupid-ass Bobby Wagner, so he's not even good. Um, but, <laughs> Fuck off. No, he's pretty good. He's probably the best He took an egregious, unnecessary roughness penalty that cost us the game. But. Yeah. Um, all right, and then in the in the in the Sunday night, everyone's super excited for Eagles Cowboys. Uh, no line on the game yet because we don't know who is exactly starting for the Cowboys. Looks like probably Ben DiNucci. Um, is anybody going to go bold and take the Cowboys in Philly? No, man. I I'm I take the Cowboys over here. Week. You think I'm going to take them boys? Yeah, I've taken the Cowboys the past two weeks, and they fucked me both times, so I will not be doing it again. I'll be going Eagles. Liam? In the words of a half-cut Jimmy Johnson. Both them Cowboys. <laughs> Why are you? Danucci, Dalton, who gives a shit? I'm rolling with the Cowboys. Yeah. Nice. That's an easy W for you and I there, Beast. You guys made some wild picks this, this, uh, this episode. We'll see if it works Man, out. Carson Wentz is so far and away the best quarterback in that division that he's literally throwing to a bunch of no-names and contending against the Ravens, the Steelers, pulling shit out of his ass with beam me up, Scotty. Late I was going to say, Montgomery Scott's been making sure the <laughs> fucking warp drive's been working great in the Enterprise for fucking decades. Yeah, he still makes some questionable wild decisions at times, but, like, he tried to give it away in that Giants game. But Oh, no doubt. Honestly, like, he – I don't think I've seen a quarterback come into the league that – I mean, obviously, he lacks the the charisma – that Favre carried, but you put him on the field, it it looks a lot like it. Rocket arm, borderline fundamentals. I'm pretty sure Carson Wentz knows what nickel coverage is, unlike the latter fucking Brett. But he just fucking slings it all around town and then goes hunting. I mean, he's he's Brett reincarnated. Maybe get one, but oof, oof. Right. Well, doesn't have a lot to work with. And then in the final Monday nighter, everyone's on the Bucks or the Giants. I'm assuming. Yes. Going once, Come on, twice. Come on, it's top of Bay on Monday night. All right. Uh, get, now let's make the people some money. Some uh, some quick picks. Uh, Nick, do you want to let the people know that you're sorry for uh, the tragic loss in the underdog parlay last week? <sighs> I promise, as I promised last week, that. We're going to be better. We're going to be better because guess what? We can't be any worse. We've been two for two in losses and our can't lose parlays. So we're going to we're gonna lay up this week. You can't risk it for the biscuit when you keep getting bitten in the mouth like this. So you're going to take the Chiefs money line. Don't lay the points. Just, just don't lay the points. Eat it. But if you parlay it with the Packers at home against an abysmal Vikings team who just like just quit on Zimmer now why don't you 
and the Buccaneers on Monday night, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to get near even odds. You're going to get your money back. Punch it. Let's go. And then, if you really want to hit it hard, this is where we get to have some fun. A little dog parlay. Nothing too crazy, but I like the fins. I know I picked the Ravens, but you can't say can't begin plus odds with an undefeated team, not put them in there. I like the Finns. I like the Steelers. And if you really, really, really want it, throw the Niners in there because they've got a, a half chance of winning. And that would be a huge payoff. Sleeping guy, what do you got for us? For my big gambling picks of the week? Yeah. Well, considering last week's strategy, the three by two parlay didn't work out for me. Um, I'm really going Why to... didn't it work out for you? What, what was it that um, ruined that system for you? It would be my favorite team. My favorite team didn't pay off for me. So this week, I'm going to give everybody a winner. He's a bit of a dog. I'm going to give you Donald Trump on the money line. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm fucking kidding. Um, my dog of the week is going to be – sorry, my parlay of the week is going to be Seahawks money line with the Chiefs spread. I feel like there's no possible way – You're the- fucking laying 19 and a half. I'd play fucking 22 if you asked me to. Dude, what if it pisses rain and Mahomes comes out in the early third quarter? Well, there's not a chance he's coming out in the early third quarter. We're not going we're not going to the fucking pack west out here with roll tide. This is these are professional football players, okay? I know it's the most despicable franchise in the league, but 19 and a half? I literally watched the Big 12 game on Sunday night in Arizona. I'm taking the Chiefs, the points, and the Seahawks. Parlay that. Lay all your units on it. Who cares? It's going to win. And maybe sprinkle a little in the Donald. <laughs> I, uh, my, uh, my other brother-in-law, brother Daryl, uh, Ethan Forrest, we uh, talked about betting on uh, the election and betting uh, Biden, but we were worried uh, – we're worried we already have too much emotionally invested in this uh, election and that if we, if, if we lost all our money and, our, and uh, Trump won, we'd just have to KMS. So we're probably not going to do that. Um, at least be a little bit richer. Yeah, exactly. Um, this, uh, hey, the rich get richer with the Donald. Exactly. This, uh, this, week's, uh, this week's can't uh, underdog parlay from uh, the Beast. Uh, we were... Oh, so close, except uh, Baker Mayfield fucked us last week. Uh, <laughs> um, this week, we are taking the Ravens' money line. We're taking the Raiders. The William, Raiders. William, say it for me. There we go. And we're taking the, taking the 49ers' money line. You, you put that together, you're getting a nice, juicy payout. It, it can't lose this week. Those three teams are going to hit. Um, and then you'll you'll have a nice uh, nice little sum of cash to go into your week. Um, I could really use a nice little sum of cash because my gambling account has been. I could use a nice large sum of cash. I've been yeah. taking hits, man. I've been taking hits. How are we supposed to go to Maui if we keep losing? I don't. Well, I don't know. I'm cooking these can't lose parlays that are fucking losing, so it's nonsense. Well, um, ladies and gentlemen, that is our show. Thanks everyone for tuning in once again. Um, we are excited to. We hope you all enjoyed the newest segment, the argument segment. Um, let us know who won. Um, enjoy. I thought it's already been decided. LFG, let's go. Tom's your QB. Beauty man wins. If you thought I win, slide into my DMs. <laughs> enjoy the weekend of football watching, everybody. 
and we will talk to you next week. So long, everybody. Love you guys. Thank <laughs> you.